You know how fast you're going? What? How fast you're going? I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast. If you're easily offended, get your panties twisted into a knot. Leave now. Run in your safe space. Get your little cloth for your tears. All the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and his guest and do not reflect the opinions of any local or government agency. Welcome to Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Iceman. We are, are going to have a guest today. Uh, we ain't had one in a while. But let me get this housekeeping out the way. Of course, we all know if we want a great cigar, relax with an afternoon, or a good glass of whiskey or bourbon, go to PatriotCigar.com and uh, use the promo code MOTORCOP15. You'll get 15% off of your entire order. And it's also helping me, and it's also helping out a small business uh, man also. If you uh, if you watch the videos and stuff like that, you see the merch, T-shirts I wear, and holster and stuff wear. You want to help support us that way? You can always go to the Etsy store, Motor Cop Chronicle, or just go to the website motorcopchronicles.com. Click on the right link, and it will bring you there. You can order you some merch. If you would like to get extra episodes along with videos pictures uh and a whole bunch of other stuff you can join the patreon uh there's three different tiers there's also right now i have uh you can try the crew member for seven days for free and if you like it you can stay on it's ten dollars a month if not click uh you don't want to and uh you want to but you'll have access to everything you'll see everything that i put out on there and uh, understand if times are tight and you can't afford it don't worry about it because I will continue to put out free episodes other than that we're going to get to it we're going to introduce our guest he is a Florida uh, law enforcement officer we're going to call him uh, Hugo so how are you doing sir alright how about yourself sir oh going good going good I got that 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 news from my my doctor's appointment today that everything is all clear, so that's good. <laughs> Shit, they, well they called me up to tell me to get my appointment going today as well, but they started to argue with me about it. Yeah, it, it's it's different dealing with doctor stuff nowadays. Well, I got heart bill stuff, so they got to confuse my heart bill versus my personal insurance and. I got yelled at by for it by my uh, by the, the lady calling me to make my appointment. You can't do this under your workman's comp. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I just I just want a damn appointment to make sure I ain't got lung cancer after smoking on and off for twenty something years. Yeah, well, let's hope not. That that uh, I just had a lung cancer screening done. That's what I did. And the doctor's office called me and said I'm all clear. Do it again in a year, so that's good news. I quit smoking about probably over 10 years ago now. I still vape, but there's no nicotine in it. I just vape because I still enjoy smoking. So 
I, I quit the vaping and I, well, I quit smoking and went to vaping about five years ago. And within a year of that, I quit vaping even. Um, every now and then I do a good cigar. I treat myself to, you know, because when we're in my, I'm in the South Florida area, Miami. So we do, we do cigars whenever we get a chance. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like hand in hand. Cigar, rum, and bourbon. You know? Yeah, I used to, I used to smoke cigars every now and then. I had got some from my Patriot cigar, and I just you know ended up well, giving, giving them away to was, people because I just couldn't bring the the smoking physical tobacco again. So. Let me tell you, when I was doing the vaping, it was easier to breathe for damn sure. But I, it just I, let me tell you, after I quit even that, it was it was a little bit better for me. But um, my, my wife figures, you know, she she counts if I can find a way to the die happy. She's going to check it off my bucket list, you know. <laughs> I, I was telling you what I went through the last five years, including heart and accidents with involving work where I, I'm nearly dying on a table in the hospital. Then my heart's being a pain in the ass. Um, so then what did she do for my birthday? She went and bought me a, a freaking... Uh, endorsement class for my motorcycle and then have me buy a motorcycle a month later <laughs> she's like i figure if you're gonna try to die you might as well do it happy <laughs> well, so now i got myself a harley what kind did you end up with i got my first one's gonna be it was a 2006 uh harley softtail heritage and let me tell you you know my friends like to joke around with me about being five speed but Damn, it gets up. I click it about eighty-five at most, and we took it up to Daytona from Miami, which was a hell of a ride. So that's always fun. Well, I tell, if I wanted to go fast, I'd buy a crotch rocket. Yeah. (laughs) Well, listen, that's that's my problem though. Is if I if I ended up getting something with a, I'm glad that I got something that's kind of restricting my speed because I have a I have a tendency to have a heavy foot. My buddy even said, my buddy that I ride with looked at me. He's like, you got to tell, you know that? I go, what do you mean? He goes, anytime you're going to do something really stupid, you look back at me real quick and then you just go ahead and do it. So the minute I see your head turning, I already know that I'm supposed to be getting faster. (laughs) Um, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, back in my younger days, I did have, uh, I had a naked crotch rocket, a Suzuki. Basically, it it was frame and motor. And I got rid of it before I did kill myself because of course here I was a motorcycle cop on something that did this and you know I found myself you know doing stupid shit on it like you know driving down the interstate at 130 miles an hour in between 18 wheelers and shit right down the center line and stuff like that I mean so I was like because you know I ride a motorcycle for a living so I'm not quite as afraid of it you know I'll just so I traded in and got me a Harley (laughs) It slowed me down. Yeah. My wife wants to start riding a little bit more with me, so I'm going to upgrade probably in the next two years to like a street glide or something, get her that nice little queen seat with the cup holder in it. Uh, well, my uh, <laughs> my personal bikes, uh, they don't make them like it, but I got an 08 Electric Glide Classic. Uh, I bought it brand new. I think it's got 9,000 miles on it. <laughs> what was that? I bought a, a Electric Guy Classic back in 08, oh, brand, okay. brand new, and I think I got 9,000 miles on it. But when you ride a motorcycle during the day for your job, it's not like what you want to really do on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, that's why one of my friends had asked me, like, if I, if I ever had an interest in becoming a motorman. I was like, no, man. The same reason, you know, I, listen, I enjoy riding my motorcycle. Um, you know, when the weather's clear and every like, I don't know what the hell. The weather's been bipolar like most of the women in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, one minute it's, like, raining sideways, and the next thing you know, it's like, damn it, it's so clear I could ride for hours, you know. But, yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, I wouldn't trade being a motor cop. You know, I've been mean, a motor cop for over 20 years, but it definitely ruins the uh, – maybe once I retire, it'll be better, but it definitely has ruined my uh, enjoyment of riding on my days off. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I, I would imagine it's a little similar for canine cops, too. You know, like, you know, you know, as much as they love their dogs, they're like, you need to get the hell away from me. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a reason people don't work with their spouses, you know. Yeah, you gotta gotta have a look. Well, you know, and listen, our field. I don't know how people end up doing shit they ain't supposed to be doing anyway at work. Yes, they do. Especially what's that in Tennessee? (laughs) It it don't matter what state. Uh, When you spend. Anywhere between 40 and 80 hours a week at a job, people are going to be doing stupid shit. And, you know, I tell, I tell all, all my rookies, don't shit where you eat. You know, I, you know that, mean, that includes dispatch or even the, don't go hitting on the waitresses at the restaurants because I'm not going to get service because you ended up cheating on this chick at the, yeah, at the, at the restaurant. At the, the, you can just say it at the Waffle House. <laughs> oh, leave the waffle house. Waffle. Leave the waffle house, bitches alone. <clears throat> you are not. I give them a rule. You know, you're not allowed to eat here. You gotta remember, man. This is Miami, so we have a lot. You know, especially the area that I'm in, we have a lot of decent places that you can eat for relatively cheap. So I tell people like when they're when they're coming in, I'm like, look for where the cops are eating at. That's not fast food. I can promise you either that that the food's good for the price, or the food is excellent. And the price is pretty damn good. Yeah. Well, I told yeah. when I was uh, starting out early in my career, we had a had a uh, administrator guy. He'd tell you straight up. He's like, "Let me tell you this." I mean, this guy did not get along. He's like, "He's like, you see that badge?" He said, "That badge will get you all kind of pussy." He said, "But that pussy <laughs> is gonna get you badge." Yes, it will. Yes, it will. My- there's plenty of badge bunnies out there. Leave them alone. I just put a Facebook yeah. thing out today. A old mean thing. Uh, Iceman thought of the day uh, was uh, was yesterday. It says, you know what I call our local badge bunny? The squad oh, room. Lord. The squad room because all the cops have been in it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my feminist wife is going to be up my ass about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, how long have you been in law enforcement now? I have been in law enforcement 26 years. Actually, longer than that, but just roughly around 26. So a little state time, a little city time. So, you're getting close to retirement? In Florida, we have this beautiful thing called a drop. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yeah, we have drop here. So, yeah, I'm... I'm very close to entering the drop. Yeah, uh, see, everybody here's <laughs> like, they like, you can get in the drop. I'm like, well, I don't feel like it. I may not. 
They're like, you're going to walk away from all that money? I was like, well, I just might. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I have I have some friends that walked away from it just so they can, because they were too young to actually go home and just smoke cigars all day. So they decided that they went and kept on with their career in other departments and got a second pension and what have you. And if if you're young enough to do that, go for it, man. But yeah, I'm not quite that young, man. I'm sorry. Listen, I I'm pushing I'm pushing fifty, and my body's beat up. And my buddy, we were joking around. I'm like, listen, I'm all sorts of broken. And my buddy goes, no, no, we'll say gently used. Yeah, I'm beyond gently used. I'll say. I'm uh, like, no, nah, man. They won't even take. They won't take me as is even. It's like, it's like you know. I mean, I'm, I'm coming up on fifty three, but my back's like eighty five. <laughs> Well, that bike takes a toll on that back, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but I've been over the hood of two cars. I've been in, okay. been in three total motorcycle wrecks. And uh, <laughs> I recently got uh, diagnosed with some great genetic uh, stuff from my, my dad, which my, me and my sister both have it. Come to find out if we both got diagnosed with uh, degenerative disc disease. So, Shit, my, so my that, dad's got that. So, you know. And I refuse to take any kind of narcotics. And uh, so, you know, the best my doctor does for me right now is I take an anti-inflammatory that basically keeps me upright. So let me ask you, because I, I, I poke around with a little bit of that hokey pokey, like the, the, what's it called? Yoga and with the needles. Oh, my God. Oh, acupuncture. acupuncture. Yeah. Have you tried that? Well, I don't think yoga is going to help because of my back. It doesn't take away a lot of my flexibility. Uh, the acupuncture, I haven't, I haven't tried it. I know it worked on uh, one of our co-hosts' dog really well. Because uh, I, I got that, I have a four and a half inch plate and about fifteen screws in my ankle from a drunk skateboarding accident. You know, you know how you know you how got, you tell redneck story. You got you know how redneck story to the hospital. <laughs> Hold my beer. Yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> and my kid got it on video laughing her ass off and broke compound fracture, my whole ankle, ankle and everything. Yeah, but um, I went to put, ride a hoverboard. Shit. I, <laughs> I remember one of my kids way back when, when they first came out, she's like, oh, I want one, I want one. Went and got one. I was like, I got to try it. I busted my ass in two seconds. Fucking... Oh, but back to what I was saying, though, because I, I had that plate and everything, I had, like, some severe pain going on. And let me tell you, it helped. That I did it about two or three sessions, and it helped out, man, like, big time. Maybe something I might have to look into. I mean, it can't hurt. Yeah, it's been around longer than normal medicine, so. so. Yeah. And now you told me before you you're an FTO, so you've been an FTO for a long time. I've been doing it. I, I I lost count. I want to say since like 2006, on and off. Every now and then they decided they don't like the way I'm treating the trainees, and they'll tell me I need to take a break for a minute. Uh, so they they want you to be the newer, nicer trainee. I refuse. No, I I, don't, I won't be the newer, nicer yeah. guy. I, I can't. Listen, they'll tell you. Everyone will tell you that I softened up though, compared to how I used to be as far as an FTO goes. But that that has probably more to do with what's happened to my happened to me in life to begin with, between all the the bad crap that's happened to me. 
I but, used to I used to FTO way back in the day. Uh, you know, smaller department stuff, but uh, I mean, ours was uh, I actually like started FTO and a guy on his second night on. He decided he knew more than me already. You know, my my lieutenant uh, basically had to call me after we went to a suspicious person noise complaint. He called me on the radio because this was before we all had cell phones. <laughs> how long ago no. it was. This how long ago you it was. Ne- you had a Nextel. <laughs> and, uh, but he called me on the radio and says, uh, uh, called my number. And he's like, uh, did you forget something at that call? I'm like, negative. He's like, uh, can <laughs> so he like, he's like, can, can you give me a 21? So I called him. Stopped and called him. He said, uh, you, you forgot that, that dude you were training on the call. He was behind the house when you left. I said, I didn't forget him. I said, I left, <laughs> I said, I left his ass there on purpose. He's like, why? I said, because he already knows what to do. I mean, he's been telling me how to do my job since I picked him up today. I mean, was, you know, this is, you know, his 13th hour ever being a cop. And, uh, and he knows it all. He's like, well, go back and get him. I said, fuck him. I ain't going back to get him. The, the the lieutenant has to get them. They didn't give them. I told him I said I, I refuse to work with the dude because I'm going to end up. No, I say nothing I can do for. I'm tell you right now, there's nothing I can do for that boy. So yeah. <laughs> that sucks when you, you when they're like they get in that car with you and they're like that and like oh damn it. And <laughs> I, I I thought I was going to get some hell. I had a retired sergeant train on training and. You know, I swear to God, I, I was like, you were a sergeant and you retired? And he's like, yes, sir. And I'm like, but you don't know, you know, you don't know how to be a police officer. <laughs> like, I'm figuring, oh, man, this is going to be the easiest guy I've ever had to train in my entire career. <laughs> and, oh, my God, if I wasn't already bald, I would have been pulling my hair out. Where was he? So where did he come from? Uh, we're gonna leave that off the radio. Well, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, was it a, a significant department or was it like Podunk? Uh, well, you gotta remember, man. I'm in South Florida, so we got thirty something municipalities down here. But you know, if people found out the name of that department, they wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, well, yeah. Say, I'm just saying, it was, it was a small department, not a bigger department. It was, we'll go with one of the mid level sizes. Uh, well, maybe he was Which, just skating like, through then. He was trying, I guess, and I think that seemed to be his thing. And I'm not big on skating, oh, no. unless there's beer, unless well, there's beer involved. When I uh, <laughs> when I when I switched departments, which has only been once in my entire career, and uh, when I went to the you know, when I left the department, I've been with one department for 23 and a half years, and went to the other one. My FTO period was two days, <laughs> and they were like the guy they put me with, you know. First day there, you know, I was writing a, we got a crash, you know, I was working the crash. Of course, I was a sergeant over motor division, which that's one of our main jobs was crashes and stuff. Yeah. In traffic, you know, the new sergeant that I'm working, he comes and asks the guy that I'm riding with, he's like, well, how'd he do? And he's told me, he's like, well, he showed me two things I've been doing wrong on the crash report. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of my, part of my job was... Going over crash reports to approve them. <laughs> I would imagine so. That's, that's like, listen, I, that's part of my biggest fear about maybe changing departments instead of like staying retired. 
is getting some 25 year old kid trying to teach me about police work that I've been doing in Miami for 20 something <laughs> years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, I'm, I'll say this. Not, not, you know, I want everybody out there listening to say, oh, he's bashing. I'm not bashing. But yeah. I'm going to say the majority. Not They, they do have, the, but the majority of a lot of these new, younger cops coming up are different from when I came up. The, the thought process is different and everything else. Oh. It's just, you know. The, 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 we call it the Y generation, man. Why, why, why? Yeah. And it's like, and listen, I get it. You know, I get, because I, I got a bunch of kids. <laughs> so some of them are the same age as these kids I'm training. And I'm just sort of going, oh, my God. I deal with this guy all day, and now I'm going to go home and deal with my son, who's a smaller version of him. It's like, and try not to- it's like you don't need to know, you know, it's like, it's like, well, why we got to go do this? Because that's what we were told to do. Long as it's not illegal, you don't even have to know why. Why? Because I don't know. Because that's what they told you to go do. And a lot of times it's going to be shit that you don't want to do, but you just go do it. That, exactly. That, that's why I do shit all the time still that I don't want to do, but I don't ask why because I know why. Or you know. I, I, I work for a sheriff's office, so if they tell me, go do this, and I'm like, fuck, I already know why, because I work for a political a man that has to be reelected, so I know why I'm yeah. going to do certain stuff, and it's because it's got to keep people happy so they'll vote for you. I understand that, so I just go do it and smile. Yeah, you're getting paid to do something easy. Go ahead and take yeah. care of it real quick and easy. Ain't no big deal. The pay's the same. The other thing that we're coming into is the the entitlement, man. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you guys get it over there, but we got people that are getting hired on at 23 years old, 24, 25 years old. First time ever being a cop. And they're like, so how do I get Christmas off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, pray, you pray that you're on FTO with an FTO that has Christmas off or those days off. <laughs> yeah. It don't work that way, you know? Or they take off because they get a sniffle. Oh, shit, man. Now. They call it sick for everything. Oh. We were, this was years ago. I was, we were running some funerals. It was a busy day. We were running a funeral. Uh, we stopped to eat. I cracked, uh, I cracked one of my molars way in the back or something. Oh. Anyway, I cracked a tooth. All right. So I exposed the nerve. Went and ran another funeral with this exposed nerve with wind blowing in my face. Well, of course, you know, wind and exposed nerve on your teeth don't feel good. So I'm running this funeral, just tears pouring out of my face, you know, from just. So as soon as we stopped the funeral, I stopped at the first dentist office I came to. And they had an opening. They went in there. They pulled the tooth. They pulled the tooth. Packed it with cotton, and I still made it back for the next funeral. I was spitting blood, but I still made it back and still ran that that, that, that last funeral with my guys. <laughs> Lord Almighty! Now most 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 especially these new guys, uh, they would have been at home. <laughs> yeah, and I can imagine. 
And it's just that just I wasn't raised like that. Not most our generation, I think, is is falling to the wayside a little bit, you know, because we had a lot of the suck it up buttercup stuff, and and I, I agree with most of it. Don't get me wrong, you know, because I do I do a whole lot of wellness instruction nowadays, and the amount of so for me, I have no problem with like physical suck it up, you know, like listen, you hit, get the fuck back up. It's the fight of your life. Every time we're involved in something and you're hurt, that is the fight for your life. You need to get the hell up, stand up, and do what you got to do. You know, because we're not going to be hearing about you on the news tonight. But, you know, but I have found that some of the stuff that we deal with, it screws you up mentally, man. And, um, like, all the, I, I don't know about you, but I got a bunch of kid deaths under my belt. And it sucks. That's the worst part and, of it. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that's, yeah, I told you a little bit about myself earlier. And it, um, once again, we were joking around and, and I said, I'm going to bring it to, you know, a little depression. But it's still, you know, I went through a whole phase where I was a, a country song, living in a trailer, my truck broke down, separated and drinking. And decided that my gun was, uh, you know, the answer one night. Thankfully, I didn't pull the trigger. Took me about 45 minutes to put it away. But I come to do a little bit of research and come to find out, you know, all the stuff that we deal with at at work and at home and how we deal with it at home that led me to that place. So I I stopped getting, I stopped going to, the reason I went down that road with you just now was, I kind of have stepped away from the whole suck it up buttercup, you know, like, listen, if you're on a scene and it's fucking with you for whatever reason, you just need to let me know. And I deal with that with my trainees like, listen, we're going, you know, especially if I know we're going to a jacked up call, like a kid spread across two lanes of traffic. Listen, this is going to be really jacked up kid. After we're done, we're going, I said, we got a job to do. We're going to go do our job. But after we're done doing our job, if you need to talk to me about it, you need to talk to me about it because you don't need to be taking that shit home. That's correct. I said, you know, in the end, though, people are still going to take it home, but it will be a little bit less, a little bit less of a weight to bring home with you. You know, that was, so, it, well, they don't tell a lot of these young recruits. If, it's not proper to say it's like that. Look, you're gonna you're gonna dream about you're gonna do shit. You're gonna dream about it. Well, I'll say dream about it. You're gonna have nightmares. You go. Uh, that's gonna wake you up. Uh, your your wife or spouse or whatever significant another is going to wake you up. Are you gonna wake them up because you're trying to arrest them in your sleep, or you're gonna have you're gonna see stuff that you're gonna see on and off for the rest of your life or you can you could be watching a tv show or a movie and uh something happens on there that triggers an incident that you thought you had forgot about there's shit holiday commercials brother holiday commercials have you crying and you're like what the fuck am i crying about <laughs> so yeah and they they need to go ahead and say like i told them i'll say this uh be on serious stuff uh the problem is a lot of time in law enforcement, if you see one of your brothers or sisters or whatever, uh, a 
colleague, whatever, struggling with something, or let's say they they have they had the the balls to, to to say, look, I need a few days off, I need some time off, get my head screwed on straight. Most of the time, all the other cops will will not talk to them like they have the plague. That's not yeah. that's not what they need. Okay. No. That- <laughs> they they need they don't need you being they, they're not the plague. Because you could be in the same situation. We had uh, many years ago had a guy he that I worked with, friends with, and he ended up going on, you know, he took some time off because of some emotional stuff he was going through. And he'll tell you, I was the only one that would call and check on him. Everybody else treated him like he had, you know, COVID or something. That's a goddamn shame. Honestly, we... My department, my my area, um, I'm associated with approximately three people that committed uh, or took their own lives. You know, one of them was retired. One of them wasn't. You know, one of them, his story was the same story as mine, except I I won the battle with my gun. He didn't, and I was an associate of his for most of my the same amount of time. Well, back then it would have been roughly around the same amount of time. Um, but his story was relatively similar to my own personal story about why I almost took my life. So, you know, and then, you know, some other stuff happening. I got training. I got talked, like I had, had a shit show of an EAP that put, I call EAP with my gun in my hand. They put me on hold. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) They gave me two numbers to call in the morning. I said, really? It's All like, right. like, here, here, take a, here's an apple calls tomorrow. Here, take, take, take a couple of Tylenol calls, you know, <laughs> call back in the morning. Let's see how you're doing. Wow. And so, you know, I started, I started a new journey that, that way, you know, now I'm going back to school to, to help people with trauma and shit and work with first responders and vets. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of trauma. Like I said, that's one of the, unfortunately it's one of the least, talked about aspects of the job nobody you know well, we're not going to sit there and go it's a glorious job as you look at a three-year-old kid that is gutted in a car yep you know you know and you know then next day your your daughter gets born or you have a daughter you or you have a daughter or a son with this, some kind of defect and you go to a call, like, uh, if you have a kid with autism, you know, kids are with autism are attracted to water. Well, shit, this is Miami. Ain't nothing but water here. You end up with a drowned kid, and you're like, you're like shit, that could have been my kid. Oh, I'm, I'm, I've experienced, you know, you have to, you, I'll tell everybody, when you have to deal with uh, a child's death, especially a violent death, uh, and you have a kid at home the same exact age, and uh, you know, you come home and you know, you're hugging the kid, give a little more attention or whatever. They're not, you, you don't want to tell them why, but it's like because yeah. the whole time you're there, you know, having to take pictures or whatever. This dead kid who's like five and had been run over twice, and you know, you keep seeing your kid and stuff like that. Or oh yeah, there, there's a whole lot of stuff. I mean. It's just. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, listen. 
I am so sorry that I did not mean to take a turn up to the dark on this <laughs> on this interview, man. No, it's fine. Everybody needs to hear about it. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you wanted to talk about some funny shit too. You know, I got that too, yeah, but yeah. Just, I don't know how. I end up. This is what I, the stuff that I talk about on a normal, though. You know, that's why I always have a tendency of going this route. No, no, it's completely fine. The listeners have to. Yeah. I mean, they know I try to keep it lighthearted, but uh, that's. This is part of it also. I guess me being a, a jokester or whatever, that's my way of dealing with a lot of the uh, the shit. I'm, I'm lucky enough now that uh, I don't have the amount of uh, nightmares that I used to have because my wife could tell you that, uh, yeah. you know, I used, to, I used to have, you know, Nightmare, I don't know if you want to call them night terrors or whatever, you know. Yeah. When you close your eyes, and that's why you know I'm lucky enough. I didn't turn. I mean, I like to have a, a drink every now and then, but I didn't turn the. You know, that's why a lot of cops turn to alcohol too heavy, so you yeah. Know, so they can rest or whatever like that because, uh, like I said, some oh, of if, the, I, if I if I have a bad day, I make it a point to not drink. I make it like a like a. Like if my my wife knows I'm having a bad day, she'll be like, she she doesn't do it like in it with the intention of like trying to form a, a problem. She'll be like, hey, would you like me to make you a, you know some bourbon or something, a glass of bourbon or something? I'm like, no, it's that kind of day. And she's like, oh, okay, well, you know. And then she knows that I might be a little edgy, I might be a little touchy, I might I might be a son bitch by, by the time I get home. And we try to, you know, we. We have a really good communication system between my wife and I. We we really keep our lines of communication open and what's going on, what's in my head, what's in her head, you know, so that we know where each other stands that day. If and if somebody, if one of us needs something, what's well, important? You know, if you want to keep your marriage together in a sense line of work, you better learn how to communicate. Me, yeah. my, my wife still, you know, I'm I'm that old school guy, so. Me communicating like that is still an issue with me, and she would gladly tell you that. She's like, you don't ever, you don't ever talk. You don't say nothing. You, she's like, you know, something's on your mind or something's bothering you. She's like, you don't say a damn word about it, you know, because it'll, it, 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 it'll eventually come out because we'll end up, you know, let's say she's doing something that's really perturbing me or whatever. I won't say nothing. I'm not going to bitch. I ain't going to complain. I'm going to keep doing it until eventually, it might be six months from now, it's eventually going to come out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's not going to come out as the discussion at this point. Now, because I'm pissed off. So, it, try to try to talk. If something's on your mind, you need to talk about it. I would tell you right now, vulnerability for people in our line of work, first responders in general, man, vulnerability is a bitch. Because... We're we're so used to having our armor on all the time and wall up like we ain't gonna talk about this shit because I don't want to deal with it. Well, your brain is kind of fucked up that way that you may not want to deal with it, but your brain's gonna make you deal with it one way or the other. Whether it's when you pissed off or when you decide to you know have a nice little night terror about it, because um, I just after my last incident where I nearly died a couple of times on the table. Um, I want to say it's been, and it's coming up on, it's the two-year anniversary this past Saturday, so. Um, you want to tell them about that? 
Uh, yeah. Well, you're gonna, anyone that knows me is going to know me. Uh, well, it's, uh, up, it's up to you. Record. It's up yeah, to I you. Yeah, I don't mind. I, um, I had a trainee for, I had just got back to the road after about, you know, being off of it for a few years for heart issues and uh, had a trainee first day with me. And I got a lady with a uh, hit and run. And I was like, oh, hey, you need to step out your car. And she decided that she wanted to play Grand Theft Auto. And they were able to get my DNA off the hood of the car. Um, I had some cracked and broken ribs and um, nice little internal bleed on my hip. And I still have a hematoma for it, or hematomato, as my friend likes to call it. Um, and she got, oh, I didn't tell you the best part of that, which is that she claimed uh, she was having a schizophrenic attack and got five years probation <laughs> for, attempted, for attempted murder, <laughs> which they dropped down to Agbat, which they then dropped down to probation. <laughs> God bless Dade County. You got, you got to love it. I mean, just, you know. Uh, but. <laughs> there ain't much to say on that, man. No, it's, it's uh, that's where you read these news stories. People are like, yeah, I hope they throw the book out. It's like you're you're reading a news article, but you don't realize what happens, you know, afterwards. That because a lot of these, uh, they don't want to spend the money to take it to trial, and they just want to make sure that they get a win on something every time. So they'll plead that they'll plead something down that you could get life imprisonment for, down to a slap on the wrist. Because it, it clears it off their case logs, and plus it shows yeah, yeah. a win. It shows it's a, a check in the win column. Yeah, and you know you get everyone coming in. Oh, we're going to take care of you once you're back to heal to <laughs> being normal and everything. In my ass, um, here I am sweating my ass off and on the road again. But it is what it is, man. I actually there's parts of me that love the road, and there's parts of me that hate the road. You know, at some point you become this this uh, relationship we have with this career is like a it's like a toxic relationship, man. <laughs> we love the job. We got into the job because we love it. And we stay in the job because we love it. But then there's days where we're like, God damn, I hate this job. I wish I could just burn this uniform and be done with it. Makes you cynical. And, you know, it's severely, man. It, it, it turns you into, it, be honest with you, it turns you into an asshole. You know, because you don't like people. When, and then when you get the little old lady that comes up to you on your bike and says, hey, officer, I hope you have a great day. You're like, damn it, woman. You're making me like people again. You, you know, I get people I get people come up and chat with me. And, you know, my wife loves to call me officer friendly because I'll sit there and put the smile on and everything like that. And I love it when a kid comes up and is like, oh, you know, and I, I, and I love doing all sorts of kid events and shit like that and, but, and family events. And sitting there BSing with people in the community and having a good day, and but you know, a lot. Here's here's the fun part: is like a lot of officers will never get recognized. I will tell you, the majority of officers that are great officers will never be recognized for being pillars in their community that they work in. Nope. Because you will never see it on social media. I think and that's I try. And I and I, I explain that to my trainees, you know, like, listen, if you go out there taking the picture to show that you're out there doing something, you're not doing it for that person. You're doing it for yourself. Yep. And you know, like, dude, I've I've bought guys 
I had a shoplifter with a felony history and of stealing and everything. And he got popped shoplifting diapers. Oh, he goes, dude, I got a, I got a history. I, I got a baby at home, you know, and how old's your baby? Oh, six months old. And we got no diapers. I barely got food. Dude, I dropped 150 bucks on that guy that night. I paid for his diapers. I paid for the baby's food. I even had the wife come in with the baby and I'm like, here, take this. You know, he's still getting arrested. Yeah. But take this, take this home. You know, oh, it's, uh, that's, like that. that's, you know, that's the stuff that that the general public don't hear about and will never hear about it. I, I no did, one will ever. I did some stuff no the other day on a call. You know, wasn't one hundred fifty dollars, but it was something. It's like I ain't. Listen, gonna, that was a that was a rare case. Dude. Yeah, I, no, I'm just I'm, saying. I'm good, I'm good for a ten twenty bucks here. You yeah, know? but I'm just saying. You know, they had a rookie cop there. But, the, the guy sergeant shift he showed up with me and him known each other forever and he's like oh well, you know you know he he did this and he was like oh cool I, if he wouldn't have been there and then wouldn't have said nothing i mean because i'm not out there trying to i'm not out there trying to trying to be on the news as mr good guy yeah i do it because that's what you're supposed to do exactly people are supposed to help people you know it's like, but you you do have if anybody's out there and wants to get it gets in law enforcement. It's like, well, I did this and, and then or it's one of them. And I'm gonna tell you, every department has them. Every department has them. Oh yeah. You have departments that they're always taking pictures of what they're doing, of who they helped, and this and that and stuff, and sending to admin and stuff that. like that. Every department has them. You do know there's a social media crew now, like in most departments, they have like a whole. They have a whole unit that's a social media unit. I, I'm not joking. I, yeah, that's a that's a South Florida thing, man. <laughs> Between LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram, bro, they got more pictures on the internet than if they were politicians. Um, and I'm like, that's not what police work's about. I, I get that you need the good PR. I get that you need. You know, this kind of things to have to happen every now and then. But I'm going to tell you right now, it, the funny part is this. It's the scariest looking cops. You know, the guys with all the tattoos yeah. that are that are doing all the good shit that that nobody wants to see on social media. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's those old, ugly bastards that are doing a lot of the heavy lifting that don't look pretty enough to be on Instagram, you know? Yeah, they don't want to put my, my mug up there because they'll be like, damn, look at and, that, look at that ugly yeah. ass old dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and between us and how we're cursing and everything, yeah, we're not the public figures. I get it. I get it. We're, n- we're not great for public figures, but God damn it, if a little recognition <laughs> wouldn't kill us, but we don't need it. We don't need it. But um, I don't even remember where the hell we were going with that. I don't know. We were just talking about recognition. Uh, like now, said, now we're talking about that. Yeah, there, there, there's stuff, you know, I've done through my career that I've seen people get medals for doing less than. And I'm like. Oh, my God. I'm like, really? <laughs> my, I, I, oh, I know what I wanted to tell you, though. It's like my favorite thing, my favorite undercover thing to do for people was back in the day when I was on Midnight. Me and my partner, when we, because we're junior enough that we couldn't get the holidays off per se, but we, what we do is we'd go like you know on Christmas Eve or something like that. We'd go to Denny's, 
And when we see a family with the kids and everything like that, you know, listen, I'm, you know, most, you could tell most times when someone's struggling anyway. Yeah. And you could tell that was kind of a big, you know, and every year you can always find at least one to two families in the Denny's on Christmas Eve because they, they didn't have a whole meal to cook or what have you. And they got three my people part, shared part, one plate. Yeah, my partner and I would sit there and give uh, the waitress enough money to cover the tab, a little bit extra, and dessert for the dessert for the family. And then we immediately walk right the hell out. You know, and that would be it. You know, we'd never see him again, never say anything. You know, the, we'd see the waitress again because we'd get our coffee there at least twice a week. And she'd be like, hey, that family really likes what y'all did. They really appreciated it. I'm like, all right, cool. As long as they weren't assholes about it, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're, <laughs> Fuck 12. <laughs> you'd be, I listen, I bought a homeless guy a hamburger one time. He's like, you could give me a cheeseburger? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'd have been like, give me that shit back. Hey, kiss my ass. Yeah, because... Go in there and ask for a slice of cheese. Yeah, everybody, you know, it's like, it's like, they're like, oh, well, I feel so sorry for him, you know? And some of them people, it's like the ones that have, like, signs, I'll work for food. I'm like, go ask them, uh, say, look, I'll give you 20 bucks if you come cut my grass for me and see what they tell you. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, see what they tell you. They they don't want to work. Some of them you got to watch. Some of them got more money than you got. Let me tell you something. The quickest way to bust them is watch their shoes. Look at their shoes, man. And in Miami, it's just nothing but a scam. You got the same sign on three different corners with three different pregnant females. And you're like, how the hell did y'all coordinate this? You got every intersection covered with the same sign and a pregnant female. I think I, 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 I haven't read it in a long time. It was years ago, but they said people out there can average like forty bucks an hour. No, that's about right. I, I, the last time I had a deal with one of these guys, seniority has some privileges, you know. Like <laughs> I, I'll let the rookies deal with them. But the last time, a couple of years back, I had tied one guy down, and he had more money in his pocket than I had in my bank account. And I was like, what? the hell he's like it was a good day i'm like get the hell you know it's like come on because he walks two Dude, blocks again his mercedes drive off that's how the, the news caught people like that getting in their mercedes and going to a house that like well off neighborhood and such i've, I've seen a couple of news stories it's been a minute since they've done any but yeah. Well, one of our uh, co-hosts, Freebird, he never, believe it or not, he was a reserve for um, 10 years, but he never got any naked calls. You got any oh, good, good naked people you have to I, deal with? You know, if you've been in law enforcement long enough, there's no such thing as a good naked call. <laughs> but I will preface this by saying this is Miami, and we have had one incident where one of the strip clubs had a fire alarm go off at two in the morning and I had to redirect traffic because of so many cars almost getting into accidents because of girls out there in bikinis and lingerie on the street corner. Really? Like, what? Naked? It, was, it, was a high, it was a high-end club. Yeah. It was a high-end club on, on a busy intersection. We're like, oh, hell no. But the, I will give you one of my worst ones was a one-legged naked man 
that was probably on a better half two forty. That was maybe about five foot, missing most of his teeth, flopping around in the summer on the street trying to bite us. <laughs> and we're like, dude, aren't you in pain? He's like, screaming and doing his thing, <laughs> trying to snag us with one of his teeth. You know, it's, it's that's the kind of naked calls that we get down here. <laughs> it's like, we there is no such thing. Like I said, and his wheelchair was turned over. We had a busy intersection stopped up because of the whole damn thing. Can't get him uh, back in the because he's wanting to bite. They're you. like, and it wasn't it wasn't my jurisdiction because the jurisdictions are split by streets down here sometimes, <laughs> and it belongs to another jurisdiction. They're like, hey, can you tase him or something? Hell no, <laughs> I can't tase him. That belongs to you, man. And I said, I'll stand by with my gloves on, and if you. If he calms down long enough, we'll put him in the chair with you. And if he starts flopping towards my jurisdiction, I'm going to get a broom and poke him back in here. Oh, no, no. No, 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 no. He, he, for him to get to where we were at, he had to do a whole lot of rolling. <laughs> he would have had to go about four lanes. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. You got to stay over here and, you know, balls are sizzling like bacon on the concrete. It is amazing how many how many handicapped type people like that you see that are like street people. I will say I had this one rookie that I wanted to. We down here we call them Baker acts where they're mentally ill and they have to go to the hospital. Yeah. So we have we got a call for a Baker act on midnight one night, and for whatever reason I I'm like a, a shit magnet when it comes to Baker act, and that that term will become literal in about three seconds. We get this Baker act with this, and I'm a trainee, and he's like, this is back when we had Crown Vicks. And he goes, sir, what do I do? You cuff him and put him in the back of the car. And the guy, the guy decided, you know, he's covered in shit. So what does my rookie do? And, you know, what do, what do all senior officers do on a call? We stand around and shoot the shit. Yeah. I told my rookie, get him in the car, run him, start the report, whatever, and we'll take off to the hospital. What does my rookie decide not to do? He decides not to roll down the damn windows. Oh, God. And I get, I opened that car door and it hit me square in the face. And I looked at him I'm like, why are the windows up? And why are you not puking? He's like, sir, I just thought, I thought you wanted me to, to deal with it. I'm like, no, no human should have to deal with this. Put my windows down. We're leaving. I said, you finish your report. Cause now I ain't getting in this car for another minute or two. <laughs> God. I was like, oh my god. God, why? Well, I, <laughs> I got one shit story that's worse than that, though. Uh, I, dude, dude, we literally, I don't know why we got onto shit, so now I'm going to stick to one more shit story for you. <laughs> Go ahead. We had, uh, we had a trainee, for lack of a better term, you know, people from, an, from another agency type thing trying to learn about police work in Florida. So we go to a call and it went out as a medical call. So, eh, okay, we'll go. No one tells me anything about the call. Did, you know, they're like, hey, you need to get over here. I'm like, all right. They're like, no, 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 I'm not telling you shit. Just get over here. It's on this floor. I get up the, the elevator's open and the smell hits me. I'm like, what the fuck? And we walk down the hall and the I can see a couple of cops just hanging outside and EMS is going back and forth, just shaking her head. And apparently one of another, one of our mentally challenged friends 
decided to take a small umbrella. You know those little compact ones that yeah. you can get, like a, you know, the size of a palm. <laughs> what in pocket would do? Yeah, it, it went to a prison pocket. <laughs> and had issues on the way out because of the pointy things. <laughs> the pointy parts of the umbrella. <sighs> so I, I walk and I just glance and I see blood and feces everywhere. And I'm just like, I look at the kid that that's riding with me and I go, you want to be a cop? Go in there and help them with whatever they need. Just make sure you don't step in nothing and wear gloves. I'm going to be in the hallway. <laughs> and he's like, but sir, I'm like, nope, just listen to this. And I looked at one of the junior guys that were there. I'm like, hey, you're in charge of this kid. I'm outside, man. I can't deal with it. <laughs> it makes me want to think of, like, like one of them catfish that could get in your pee hole or something. And they go uh, in, but when they go out, the, the barbs. <laughs> oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. That's, that's what happened to this guy's rectum. Damn near killed him. Well, at least, at least they didn't try to open it. <laughs> well, that's the problem, you know. Like, he was pulling it out. I guess he hit the button or something. I, I didn't get the full story. I didn't need it. It's like The scene was enough, the scene was enough for me, you know? It's like, what? Well, why would you stick an umbrella up your ass? Yeah, dude. Listen, I've seen the end result. It ain't a pretty thing, man. <laughs> it was... I, I just... I was. I got this mental picture. It was bad. So, I will give you. A, I will give you a mental picture that will, create, that will create you to have nightmares. What's that? We had a call at the hospital, guys. Um, you know, we're backing up another agency, reference a homicide investigation, and this guy was like supposedly, uh, you know, quote unquote, overdosed on something and wasn't waking up. Meanwhile, he's brushing our hands away from the sternum rub. Apparently, you don't fuck with Miami nurses because this nurse got really pissed off with this kid and decided to cast him. <laughs> now, she goes, she warns, because there's like five of us and we're all guys and she's, we're all standing around the bed like, what the hell, man? Get the, no, like, she's like, listen, I'm about to do something that is going to make every one of you cringe. If you want to leave, leave now. She warns us. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm intrigued. She's like, no, no, you, you don't want to see this. And I'm like, yeah, I do. She's like, all right. She pulls this guy, she lifts this guy's gown up, grabs his crank and grabs the cast. And the, the, uh, the assisting nurse goes, you want some lube? Nope. And all you see, all you, I'm going to give a sound effect for you. You hear that? That's all you heard was her slamming her fist with the cast into this guy's dick. <laughs> and this guy shot up like if he you know he's the rising dead you know the, the way he, we're just like oh shit that woke him up then. she's like you guys can question him now and we're like oh I have so many questions about ethics ethics <laughs> And I was like, okay, not my jurisdiction, not my problem, getting the hell on out. Yeah, it's like you just, just slam that in that dude's dick. Oh, my God, when she did that, let me tell you something. There was audible gas from every one of the cops that were standing around. We were just like, 
And the other nurse was like, eh, we kind of knew this was going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) He's awake now. (laughs) Yeah, I ain't never pissing off a nurse. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. That's why I try not to write nurses' tickets. I will, listen, I will never write a nurse ticket. I will never, I'll do my best to never write teacher tickets. Damn, teachers have I, lost I'm, it I'm, I don't me. even, I, yeah, some days, you know, it depends on the teacher, you know? My, I don't I do. know, maybe all teachers, we not down on all the teachers, but mo- the, the last, like, mo- the majority of teachers that I pull over are just, like, bitches. Listen, I, once again, I'm not a motor cop. Seniority has its privileges. If I pull somebody over, they did something really damn stupid. You know, it's like I've, I've gotten to that age. You know, I've gotten to that age where it's like, all right, I'm kind of easing off. You know, like you, you had a roll, you had to almost hit me or do something. Like I said, you had to do some something grievous. You know, agree. However, they say the damn word, and and you know, it's like. I'm looking like an idiot if I don't pull you over. So, you know, even then, it, like, I pulled over a kid that was doing wheelies on his motorcycle. And he actually, you know, he actually stopped. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so I gave him a ticket. I gave him a ticket. You know, it's not a big deal. I gave him a ticket. I gave him a, we have careless and reckless, you know, and one of them's criminal, one's not. So I gave him a non-criminal. We go to court and he's like, hey. He pulls me aside. What if I argue that what I was doing was criminal? I said, do me a favor. Just shut the fuck up and don't breathe. Why, why would you do that, you dumbass? I said, don't breathe. I will take care of it. Don't say a word. I'm going to take care of this. You were kind enough. To, you know, you were kind enough to stop. You were respectful. You ain't kill nobody. You ain't wreck. You didn't get all stupid with your bike. And I haven't seen you in six months. I'll take care of the damn ticket. Don't do it again in my city, please. <laughs> he's like, all right, no problem. I'll tell my crew. I'm like, no, don't tell your crew. Don't tell your crew shit. <laughs> Dumbass. That is- I, I don't want to see none of these people in my... Uh, dude, let me tell you something. The, the Miami time, the Miami boys come flying through here every now and then. <laughs> um, oh, so they do them street the- takeover crap. Oh my god, I can't stand it, man. I I do my best not to to work on those days. It's like oh, uh, it's like it's like you don't realize. I don't well, I don't think they care, but they don't think. It's like you're out thinking you're having fun. You're just you know pissing other like if I was let's say I was going somewhere with my family. Now you done fucked it all up. I'm stuck in traffic because of you. Let me tell you something, dude. <laughs> Now with the concealed carry stuff, I expect a, I expect a couple of Wild West shows here and there, and from time to time, you know, especially because what they sometimes you'll see them if you watch on the video reels here and there on social media, they'll gather up on a whole car, don't matter if there's a family in there or not. No, oh, I've seen them because I was I told my wife I said if that ever happens to me uh, or us, be prepared because I'm going to have to go to yeah. court because. As soon as somebody gets threatening towards me, I'm because if you got if I got that many people around me, I'm feeling pretty nervous at this point. Yeah, and especially if they start banging on your window and your kids in the car. Because mm-hmm. I got a teenage kid, and if he's in the car with me, or if my you know, or and my wife's in the car with me and all that, 
listen, you're putting everyone in a dangerous situation. Yep. Because you're because they're stupid. Of course, well, this new generation. Uh, yeah. I went shopping with the wife yesterday, which uh, she was trying on some clothes. This has nothing to do with law enforcement, but just on my mind. Uh, we're at a store. And, uh, of course, you know, with the younger girls, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, they're probably, you know, 19, 20-ish, that, that age range. Well, of course, me being a cop, I'm over listening to uh, the conversation. Excuse me. Uh, these were two employees. And when my wife walked out, she's like, what's wrong? I was like, I think I just lost half. I've lost several brain cells because I was just was <laughs> dropping on their conversation. This one girl was like, she was like, yes, like I was going to the gym and like, you know, and some of these, like these, uh, these machines are like, they're so intimidating, but you can scan the thing on it, you know, and, and watch videos like, you know, in, in this and, in, in, you know, in, in something snap. And, and I mean, she, she, she must've said like a million words in like two minutes. And she said in, in a, probably half a million of them were likes. And it's like, I was like, oh, my God, this is the generation. This is the future right here. You ever, you ever seen the movie Billy Madison? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, where they do the quiz, and it's like, everyone that has heard this conversation, you know, however it goes, has is now even worse off for hearing your answer, <laughs> you know? And I'm, I'm, May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> I'm looking at this girl and I'm, I'm thinking, please don't ever have children. Whatever you do, don't breed. Please. Yeah, it's like, don't don't have children. Like, okay? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, listen. You just, that's every day, man. I just, just turned it I, into that, that old grumpy old man now, I guess. Oh, listen, I am, I am now that grumpy old man of get the hell off my yard and get off my yeah. grass, get off my grass. Uh, y'all kids. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be that cool grandpa, but I'm going to tell you right now, before I even become a grandpa, it's, it's going to be a rough little transition for me. I'm, I'm not the cool grandpa. I thought I was going to be it, but I'm not. You know, it's like I painted a wall one time. Grandkids come over and grandson like leaned on the wall and put his foot on the wall. I said, "Boy, if you don't take your foot off that wall, I'm gonna break your ankle." I spent the last two days painting this living room over, and I don't need no damn feet marks. <laughs> like, let me tell you, they just kind of look at me like, "Uh, Papa's crazy." <laughs> my my kids look at me like, "There's no way Papa was like that." You, you know, my old man. Uh, listen, I was not a good kid. <laughs> I was not a bad kid. I just didn't get caught a whole lot. But when I did get caught, you know, I, I got my ass whooped a few times. And my kids were like, Grandpa would never do this. And nah, 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 nah. I looked at my 14-year-old, you know, we're, he's got a little bit of a, you know, attitude, this, that, and the other. But my old man, you know, he's, he's a vet, PT, PTSD'd out a little bit. And he's got some family up in uh, the coast of North Carolina, actually closer to the Sand Hills. 
So he, my son's like, oh, maybe I can go a few weeks up and live with him. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> You're going to go stay with your grandfather, your grandfather and your relatives up in the North Carolina area. And you're going to learn a thing or three before you come home. Did he and he's he's like he's like really. And don't get me wrong, he's going to have fun. They're going to have him, they're going to have him out on the dirt bikes and the ATVs and all that kind of shit. Uh, but you know, he's around here. He's around all around his sisters. You know, they're not they're not putting hands on like we were when we were growing up. But up there, his cousins will go hands on if you decide to be a little punk ass about something. You know, well, that's was good. Because so, kids nowadays with all this zero tolerance stuff, they don't know what it's like to get punched in the face. <laughs> I had a friend of mine, a sergeant from another department, telling me he was doing a re- an interview for recruits and for hiring, and he's like, he's like. You you're not gonna believe the stuff I gotta tell you. You know, this these every scenario I'm gonna tell you right now is God's honest truth. And I went, I said, How bad can it be? He goes, I have one guy that cannot speak English. I went, What? <laughs> I said, How did he, how did he even make the appointment? He goes, Bro, most of the people we all speak Spanish here, but like he did not you know, we don't have a problem if you speak Spanish. We don't even have a problem, you know, with you know, your background being that way. If you're Cuban, you know, in Miami, almost everyone's Cuban. Yeah, but you it's still have to speak English. That was the part. The guy's like, no, no, you, you know, I don't know English. Nada. And the guy's like, you know, have a nice day. <laughs> next guy comes in. The, the next guy comes in. And goes, so tell me about a confrontation that you've been in. The kid's like, you mean like a fight? And I'm like, the guy's like, yeah, like a fight. He goes, well, I was playing Fortnite. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> goes, I was playing Fortnite, and I got into an argument with another player, and I told him, you know, I told him, oh, what's it about? And the, the sergeant's like, well, he goes, he goes, so that to you is a confrontation. And he goes, yeah. He goes, well, I'm not going to say it's not a confrontation, but I'm talking about a physical altercation maybe. And the guy's like, no, no, I've never been in a fight. And I, I, I stay home and play Fortnite so I don't get in trouble. I'm like, oh, hell. Zero people skills. Oh, none of them have. When, when we were coming up as cops, you wrote everything down, right? Oh, yeah. You pen and paper as best you can, everything, quickly as you can. When you're training these kids now, they bust out that phone and take pictures of everything. And yeah, I'm like, they, do you have a copy? Do they, they don't carry uh, like tablets no more. The whippets. <laughs> I make I'm, I make them carry a, a whippet. You know, like, hey, come on, pen and paper, everything on pen and paper. Like, That's the only way you're gonna learn how to do this. Well, hell, half the kids can't even uh, write cursive. Or read it. Or drive stick shift. Yeah, or drive a stick. You talk about popping a, remember popping a stick shift in the gear while you were push starting it so that, because the battery was dead? Oh, yeah. Well, my first car was yeah. an old four-speed. 
Mine's with an MG midget. So it's like, oh yeah, there's plenty of times pushing the yeah, car, popping, popping the clutch. Well, my personal car, so I still got a six-speed manual transmission in it, and uh, you know, a lot of people's like, it's like if I got the top down or off over or something, they're like, so I said, ain't nobody can drive the damn thing. Ninety percent of the public yeah. can't even drive. It, so. Shit, and I'll be honest with you, in Miami, owning a stick shift, oh, you're gonna kill yourself between it. You get stuck in one traffic jam, you're like, oh, for the love of God, just <laughs> go. It's like it's like I've looked at one car and it's like it's like it don't even you know at the time, like some of them they don't cars don't even come with you know manual transmission. You don't have the option. They're like, oh, it's got paddle shifters. I'm like, that's not shifting. You don't get it. That's not shifting. Yeah, you can't. I my tried wife that. got a Mercedes and I accidentally hit it. And I was like, what the fuck? I tried paddle shifting shit. And I'm like, this is not shifting. There's no clutch. You can't feel the car. When like, uh-huh. my, my, my car is a six-speed manual. When my hand's on that shifter, I, can, I don't have to look at the RPMs. I can hear it and I can feel it. I can feel it in that shifter and stuff when I need to shift. Paddle shifting is like playing PlayStation and driving at the same time. Shit, did you see that trailer for the new movie coming out, that Gran Turismo? No. So apparently, okay, so you got me thinking about, you know, playing a PlayStation, right? I'm thinking, so I saw a trailer for this movie coming out called Gran Turismo, which is a video game. Apparently, Nissan took a kit took a kid that was playing that game so well and like put like five kids or something like that into actual cars. And these kids became one of them, at least became professional hmm. <laughs> for us the growing up. That, that movie was a space movie. What the hell was that space movie where the kid was living in a trailer park and he scored a high score. Oh, uh, uh, Starship trooper or something so, like that. Not, not Starship troopers. That was a different one. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he the played, last starfighter. Played, the, the last, last starfighter. Star yeah, that's great. You know, he played a video game. And ended up in. The, I was like, damn. They took last starfighter and made it real with a, <laughs> with a car racing game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just way different now. Oh, shit. Police academies. Uh, they they. Like some of them here, I've heard, you know, they're, they're not allowed to get in their face and scream at them as much as like as they used to because people's feelings get hurt. They don't get pepper sprayed anymore. What? We pepper. got, uh, my class was one of the last ones to get hosed and that was 20 years ago. Like your face was orange. Then they stick, they put them a, put a dot on their forehead while they're wearing glasses. A dot. And, like a little spray dot on their forehead, you know, like, like a quick spray, excuse me. And somebody had told me they had even, cause they had, there was one or two classes that went through without getting any spray. See, but to me, that's stupid because the first time yeah. you have to use it on the street, cause you know, as well as I know, if you use this on the street, you're going to get some on you. Period. Let me tell you something. <laughs> We, get, we don't even carry that shit anymore. Uh, see, I, they just give us, I got a baton, a taser, and that's it. 
Oh, I have my taser. I ain't never carried a stick. I have my taser in my, 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 we use freeze plus P, which is OCCS. And I took my taser off and put it up in my unit, and I still carry gas. (laughs) Listen, I carry, every time I have to use that damn thing, it has never worked. And I mean, the taser? yeah, it connects, and the guy's like, and they rips, he rolls or something. And dude, I've never had any kind of good luck with a taser. Well, people don't realize taser is only forty percent effective. Yeah, well, shit, I've had a zero percent effective, and I've 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 tased a few people. Out of the few people, maybe one of them it worked on. And so I don't I don't even depend on that thing. But if I spray you, it's about 98% effective. Listen, the only time that we might be able to get some spray is during, like, like big event weekends where we're going to have large crowds everywhere. And I'll tell you right now, spray the crowd works wonders. I love you know? spray. Like I said, I, I've never tased anybody. I, I'm taser certified. I have a taser. I don't even carry it on my belt. It's like I've not, I noticed, well, a lot of these police shootings, uh, bad and good on both sides. I think a lot of it would not have happened if cops getting themselves shot and killed if they stopped relying on that taser too much. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them where they pull that taser out when they should be pulling a good firearm out. Yeah, that might be that might be something to be said for that. I'll tell you, it, I've seen a, a, you know, we tried, you know, doing the training officer stuff. We try to talk to these kids about that. Like, listen, deadly force is deadly force is deadly force. There's very, to me, there's only like a, it's rare when you have to go with less lethal. You know, in in the situations where the deadly force is called for, like, listen, everyone and their mother's going to say, well, why couldn't you tase them? I actually had some, I had to argue something. I'm doing this 20 years. Somebody asked me, well, why can't, why can't you just shoot him in the leg? (laughs) Really? I'm like, you know me this many years. And you know all my incidences. And you going to ask me about shooting somebody in a leg? It's like, okay, Joe Yo, Biden. Maybe, maybe I should have, maybe the lady that ran me over, I should have shot her car a couple of times. No. It don't work that way. <laughs> when your heart's doing 150 beats and you're trying to make sure you don't die, good luck on that pinpoint aiming for me. Oh, yeah. And then I realize people, well, general public especially you can take a i don't know what y'all scoring thing is but you can take a perfect shooter you know 100 percent shooter on the range and as soon as that yeah. stressful inf- situation shows up he's probably down to about 70 percent so if you take a average shooter on the range when the pucker factor hits he's going from average shooting probably down to about 40 percent accuracy compared to where he was at I trust a cop with a dirty uniform way more than I trust a cop with a clean uniform. <laughs> you know, that's got his shit shiny every day. You know, don't get me wrong. I, 
I'm sure they're good cops, but you know, the guy that's kind of got a little rip here or part of his name tag missing or whatever, you know, that to me looks like experience. <laughs> the old salty guy. Yeah, the old, it don't even have to be that old, you know. Someone's been, a, listen, you get experience within five years down here. You you can you can hang with the old dogs within five years if if you depending on where you're working at. Because shit, I was in I was in a police involved in my first two weeks of FTO. You know, first two weeks of my first two weeks on the job here, I was kicking in doors, chasing guys with guns, and involved and backing up a guy on a police involved that happened around the corner for me. My FTO looked at me because you do realize you have gained more experience in two weeks than some people in this whole, they're having their whole career in this department. <laughs> yeah. They, you, know? well, you got go-getters and then you got the ones that just want to. Well, it's not even so much a go-getter. You're going to, you, you, listen, if you want to work, you can find work. If you want to hunt, uh, you know, the narcotics, you can go find the narcotics. If it if you if it's in you to find something, you can go find it, or you can just be a shit magnet, and it will come to you no matter what. Oh yeah, well we are get we could probably talk forever. Let me uh, shut oh. this down. Don't hang up. We're gonna pre- right. we appreciate you coming. Uh, you're more than welcome to come back uh, whenever you want, especially once uh, you start up. Uh, the thing you're talking about starting up at so uh everybody you know how it goes like i said if you want more go uh go join the patreon if not stick around for the free stuff uh of course we appreciate everybody out there let me shout the patreons out i almost forgot to do that for y'all uh well shout the crew members out we got our uh full crew member mr john d He's a full crew member. We got Dan Carlson with Burley Boards. Y'all go check out him. Uh, finally got him a storefront. Uh, we got T-Bird. We got Mr. Jim Pokran from the Short Track Guys podcast. If y'all like racetrack, uh, short tracks, y'all go listen to his podcast. Mr. Hoppy Hopson, our truck driving friend. Mr. Blake Walker. We got A.A. Ron from the I Had to Say It podcast. We got Mr. Z Palmer. We got Roy Spaulding. We got JoJo, our favorite girl from down under. We got Kaylee Norris and Tasha A from the great state of Washington. And our OG crew member, Melissa Holstein. Y'all help me pick the, keep the lights on. Y'all know I appreciate every single one of y'all. And remember, we're not sheepdogs. We are lions. And stay safe. Watch your back and uh, watch your partners back. Cause I don't give a fuck what you say Yeah, I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make Yo, I got a lot of shit to say So I'ma do this every day I'll be writing things until I'm